Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett, where we talk about all things financial, focusing on helping you plan, keep, and grow for a successful future. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back and thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. Today is a solo episode with me, and we're going to be talking about budgeting. Now, budgeting is one of the most boring categories, but it can also yield the most information in your financial spending life. Going to cover four different types of budgets that may work for you and how to decide if it's one that you should implement. Uh, Once again, budgeting takes a lot of work, but it can give us the clearest picture in our financial lives, especially during times of transition. My name is Garrett Smith, and I look forward to having you with me today. Hello, welcome. Here's another solo episode for you about a topic that I think a lot about and try to work a lot of people through, and that's budgeting. Um, it's hard. <laughs> There's definitely more than one way to do it. And likely the first thing you try isn't going to work <laughs> or it will work, but with a lot of tweaking, I just kind of want to talk through four different budgeting types, budgeting ideas, um, general categories to kind of see if any of these might work for you. Each personality is a little bit different. Uh, your family and personal and financial situations your own. And so finding the right tools for you uh, is critical. One thing that's difficult, anytime we sit down with a client and kind of talk through budgeting, um, everybody's just a little bit different. We can't, there's no one size fits all. Um, What software, what program, what style I do may not necessarily be work for you. Um, I think you can get used to anything, but uh, finding one that works for you is can make the process a little bit easier. So I'm not going to talk specifically about any apps or software. I'm just kind of the general principles about how a budget's developed and kind of four major areas. And there's some software that goes along with each one of those. Um, For example, there's when it comes to an app, there's kind of two major categories on the app side, on the software side. There's the uh, income tracking the expense tracking, and then there's the planning. Meaning if I buy something and then I say, okay, I went to McDonald's and I bought a sandwich for $5. I told it where it went. And then at the end of the month, I get a report uh, that says, this is where all your dollars went. And then you can make changes from there. And other ones are kind of forward looking. You decide where you where you want your dollars to flow. And then you can respond accordingly. So I say, I only want to spend $5 at going out to eat. And then when that $5 is up, it's used up. And so budgeting in my mind is more forward looking. So all of these are very forward looking um, ways of, of planning to spend your money so that you're in control, not just expense tracking. Um, the, the app I personally use is YNAB. You need a budget. Um, it's worked well for me. It was kind of a pain to get started, but I've been using it now for over 10 years and, and it worked well for me and my wife. And so we're sticking with it, but here are four major areas uh, for kind of, ways of developing a first budget or implementing a budget that may work for you. The first one's what I call the 50-30-20 budget or the 50-10-20-20 budget. Um, It's basically where you say 50% of your income is allocated towards essentials like housing, food, transportation. 10% if you want to add that extra 10% for gifting or charitable giving. Uh, 30% or 20% is allocated towards discretionary spending and uh, 20% is for your savings and investing. So in a simple 50, 30, 20 budget, 50% goes to uh, housing, 
essentials, food, transportation, 30% towards discretionary spending, and 20% is saved or invested. And you can kind of slice up that discretionary if you want to add another 10% in there. Um, this budgeting me method is good for people who are kind of new to budgeting or have limited amount of time because it takes all the decisions out of it. It's clear guidelines for how things should be allocated towards the essentials, the discretionary spending, and the saving and the investing. Um, but it, it often doesn't work if you have really irregular income. You know, so if your income's all over the place, uh, it doesn't quite work because you can't because you may have uh, buff, buffers in there. So one month you may have no income and another month you have, may, may have double the income. So sometimes that may, has, ha, can be a problem uh, in this, but just setting up clear guidelines of this is how, what percentage of the income comes in is going to go to these categories uh, is a great way to use it. Um, so it's just start by taking your income. It's an easy to get started. Just how much money did I make this month? 50, 30, 20 or 50, 10, 20, 20. And, and then that's the numbers you need to stay into. And then if you need a tweak, maybe we need to find a different mode of transportation, need to find a different place to live. Um, that kind of opens all those questions. So it's great for um, just simply getting started. Um, if you're having trouble getting started, it, it's a great way to do, to get going. The second method is really popular, especially uh, over time. It's been around for a long time and then it's the envelope budgeting method. It's a good for choice for um, people who have kind of a hard time controlling their spending because you get to see it. What you do is basically involve setting aside cash in envelopes or separate accounts for each budget category. So this is my groceries envelope. This is my entertainment envelope. This is my going out to eat envelope. And when the cash is gone, it's gone. Um, so you can either steal from another envelope or you can just say we're done. And um, it just helps prevent you from overspending. It, it, it is it is probably the, more, one of the best ways to, to stop an overspender because once the dollars are gone, the dollars are gone. There's just no, no other place to get to them. You don't use a credit card. You don't use a debit card. There's no imaginary money that's taking the place. It's if the cash is gone, it's gone. Um, and it's a great way to kind of see, uh, where you're spending, um, in, in a very physical way. So if you're kind of that physical, uh, you know, visual presenter, that that's, um, a great way to do it, it can help you stick to your budget requires you to physically see and manage your spending, but it may be inconvenient. You know, you're obviously going to be carrying around lots of cash, um, which can work for some, um, but may not work for others. Uh, simple way to get started is just how much money do you have coming in? How much do you want to attempt to put into each category housing? Um, you know, like housing, groceries, entertainment on down the line and putting those dollars in there. Um, this method you usually kind of tweak over time as you say, oh, we didn't end up spending this much in groceries and we overspend it going out to eat. As long as that's a conscious decision, um, that works, that works well. Uh, so that's the envelope budgeting system that can, can be really helpful. Uh, the third way that, that can be done is what's considered a zero based budget. Um, now these all feel similar, but they're all kind of different in their own way. Uh, zero based budget is a budgeting method that involves allocating every dollar of your income into a specific category with the goal of having a zero balance at the end of the month. So you don't carry over anything, but it, it covers all your savings and expenses. It's similar to the envelope method, um, but you just kind of start from zero, you start and end with zero every month or every quarter, depending on how you want to do it. It's, you know, it works really well. If you're highly, de you know, you're highly organized and detail oriented, takes a lot of planning and tracking, but it can get you probably the most clear picture of your financial situation and give you the most information from 
uh, from a financial perspective. It's a little time consuming. It requires a lot of effort to set up and maintain. This is probably the one that's most like uh, YNAB uh, because your goal is to give every dollar uh, a job, make sure every dollar has a place that it's going to. Um, and But it gives you, you know, very clear information about where your dollars are going. Um, and it can, and then it can also handle, you know, as it gets more robust, it can handle uh, fluctuating income because you're just starting and ending with zero every time you don't have, you know, whatever dollars come in is what you plan to go out. Um, so zero based budgeting, it's a great place to, uh, start. It, it, it's a little more complicated, but it's probably the best way to get a clear picture on, on what you have. Um, so just kind of a quick review of those three, every categories is, you know, the first one, that 50, 30, 20 is just setting a fixed percentage of what you're going to spend in each category. It doesn't matter what the income is coming in. You just say, we got to keep 50% of our budget for essentials, 30% for discretionary spending and giving, and then 20% uh, for saving and investing. So it just takes all the decision-making out of it. It's set ahead of time. The envelope system's great. If you're looking for physical and a visual way to do it, you put your dollars in your envelope, and when they're gone for that category, they're gone. Uh, you're you're out for you're going out to eat. Dollars are gone, and then a zero-based budget is you start with zero, end with zero, and uh, it's it is a great way to see where every dollar is going, um, uh, particularly if you use any sort of uh, financial uh, software, budgeting software. So those are kind of the three, uh, those are three that are very, very focused on the dollars and cents. If you're on a limited income, that's, those three are probably the best way to go. The fourth one, um, our value-based budget is a little bit different. This usually works for those who are, have a little bit more flexible spending in their, uh, budgeting because you're then allowing your values to kind of drive your decision-making instead of just necessities. You know, often when you're kind of on the necessary side, you know, I got to build the habits of saving. I got to build the habit of not overspending in certain categories. Those fixed budgets work really well. But a value-based budget is one that involves prioritizing your spending based on your values and allocating your income accordingly. So it may mean, you know, it's just focusing on the areas where you really want to spend your money that line up with your values versus just being fit into specific boxes. It's a good choice for people who are clear about their values and want to make sure their spending reflects their priorities. So sometimes value spending can not only be, you know, going out to eat, but it can be very specifically of, I want to make sure I'm spending enough at local restaurants. You know, I don't want to be doing chains, don't want to be doing other things. I want to do local restaurants, right? That, you know, employ a local chef and, and that's where I want to spend my dollars. Or I really... Uh, you know, you, you enjoy doing specific forms of, of travel or living in particular areas, just lining up your spending with those values. It just allows you to prioritize your spending on what's most important to you and allocate your income accordingly. Uh, it can be very fulfilling when it's done. Um, it can be very rewarding uh, because your values are driving your spending instead of just kind of just fighting with the necessity of it. But it's it definitely requires more thought and planning. Um, it's usually a little less dynamic because oftentimes you spend on what you want to spend on sooner. And so those essentials sometimes can get pushed by the wayside on the value-based spending because you're focused on where your dollars are going and, and maybe kind of missing some of the bare, bare necessities. So this is really good if you kind of have a little bit more discretionary income and you can use... Um, you can use that extra discretionary income on a, on a value, um, situation. 
And so really the first thing you need to do is just sit down and identify what those values are uh, and determine how much you want to go. You know, maybe you end up doing a combination of these two um, that, for example, you can use the 50, 30, 20 budget. And in that 30% that's discretionary, you're focused on, hey, let's make sure we're planning and using this money that's driven by our values, not, not at a necessity. And then you just got to work to maintain that they're on track, uh, review those regularly and say, okay, these are my clear values, A, B, C, and D. And then how is my spending lining up with those? Uh, so it can, a value-based budget is a great way to align your, your values and your priorities with your spending. So that was just a little quick hitter on kind of four uh, unique ways of budgeting. Um, hopefully one of those works for you. It's just a brief overview. And if you want to kind of talk in depth more about how one may work for your situation, feel free to reach out. Uh, there's the 50, 30, 20 budget, the envelope system, the zero-based budget, and the value-based budgeting. Um, they're all good things. And seeing which one resonates with you can make the budgeting process maybe at least a little bit more enjoyable. Um, instead of as painful as it, it possibly can be. And then my last tip is just stick with it. Um, budgeting takes time. It's, it's not an easy thing to get up and keep going. Um, it's like anything in life, kind of like working out, you know, you got to just put a little bit in every day and that's kind of the easiest way to do it is anytime you spend, you just track it right then, make sure it lines up, uh, with those budgeting categories. But, uh, yeah, I encourage you to do it. It's, very, very clear picture. And oftentimes the best time to bring in a budget is when you're going through a transition. So if you have been off one and you're looking to retire, it's a great time to start budgeting again and get a clear picture of where you're spending your dollars. Um, so those transitionary times is when there's a lot more unknown and budgeting can really help during those times. So you're not overspending uh, and having to kind of uh, mess up a financial plan right into retirement because you were unaware of maybe some unexpected expenses because we all have them you know taxes uh property taxes come up there's car repairs um, there's just always things that are kind of surprising uh, but also need to be able to be handled in a budget over the course of a year uh, as always feel free to reach out and uh, thanks for spending some time with me today thank you for tuning in and listening to your investment partners with paul and garrett if you like what you heard be sure to subscribe to our podcast on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts also, visit us at sninvestment.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep you up to date. See you in the next episode. Kessler, Norman & Ride, LLC, DBA, Ascend Investment Partners is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Ascend Investment Partners unless a client service agreement is in place. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice, performance data, or recommendations that any particular security, portfolio of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. This program is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. All opinions contained in this podcast are subject to change at any time without notice. To determine which, if any, investments may be appropriate for you, Please consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this podcast is not guaranteed of future results. As always, please remember that all investing involves risk and possible loss.